Can we okay? <laughs> yes, I can. We're on, brother. We're already on. We're live. We'll do it live! <laughs> we'll do it live! Christ! Uh, so, hey, everybody. Another episode of the Husky Fan Podcast. And I don't know how I did it, but I convinced Jimmy that we should do two shows a week, at least for the big game. So we're going to try and have this episode just focus on a recap of the game and our thoughts on that. And then we'll do like a shorter ASU preview at the end of the week. Is that, uh, if it's 30 minutes, Jimmy, can you squeeze that in at the end of the week or is that too much? Well, way to really, uh, you know, give the listeners a glimpse into our planning for podcasts. I'm sure they're uh, riveted by our our discussions, yeah, I might be able to pull off a second pod. It's asking a lot of me, though, I can tell you that. Well, I might have to, might have to up your salary. I might have to yeah, increase your salary from nothing to $10. Yeah. We'll certainly have to talk about that. Maybe it'll be an additional Burger Master burger. Speaking of burgers, uh, I had a, had a great trip to uh, southern Utah. And then on the way, well, flying into Salt Lake City, stopped at In-N-Out. And then on the way back... Uh, well, not on the way back, actually, um, leaving, we stopped at the In-N-Out because there's one that's not too far from the airport. But I was very disappointed because driving back up Saturday night from Moab for the game, there, there's one highway, and uh, in the middle of it, they had to do a major detour, and it added, like, literally, like, an hour and a half to our drive. And so that sounds terrible. Yeah. I mean, we were planning on getting into salt Lake at like probably, probably like four thirty ish. No, no, like five. And so, and the in and outs that we were kind of coming in from the East and the in and outs are, weren't close to our, our route. So that was frustrating because we wanted to have in and out on the way in. But would you uh, like to spend a little bit more time on your in and out experience and traffic? No, but I just wanted to get that across. And uh, <laughs> S- Southern Utah is really amazing if you're into looking at scenery and you like doing hiking and trails and things like that. It's really, uh, it's really a great place to travel to. And and Moab looks like it's been uh, built. Uh, I mean, I was researching it three, four years ago, and there uh-huh. weren't a lot of hotels there, but it's really been built up. And it's it's actually a nice little town now. It's it's right by Arches National Park, so. That's well, that's, your, that's, your tour, that's the tourism segment, and no, we're not getting paid for me to say that. Yeah, no, I, don't, I doubt anyone thought that, but maybe. Yeah, so I, I Utah is one of my, it's probably, it might be my favorite state to travel to. A lot of great things to check out there, and I mean, we do play BYU next year, yeah. so, and the, and the people there are very nice, I have to say. Okay, um, well, on to football. On to football. One so. thing I'll mention, one thing I'll mention, um, Okay. The, well, just, I'll just compare it with the 2016 game. The atmosphere in 2016 it was a day game, as you guys know. That that to me was much better than this atmosphere. I feel like it, maybe you have a different opinion, or you could confirm it or not. I feel like night games like they get built up, but the problem is everybody gets drunk, and then during the game, if if the team kind of falls, the home team falls behind, people just kind of they lose interest, they pass out or whatever. So I just I feel like night games. I feel like they can kind of, the crowd can kind of lose its interest in the game, like if the home team isn't doing well, like right away. Can I just say the Pete Carroll era is over? That dumpster (laughs) fire of a team is, uh, it's over. It was fun, but it's time. Move on from Russell. Blow that whole thing up. Schottenheimer's shit. 
<laughs> but I, I, I may support the Seahawks by getting a Will Disley jersey. Yeah, I mean, besides the funner and, like you said, Will Disley, that's about all that's exciting in regards to Seahawk football. But on to bigger and better things, Husky football. I do have some questions for you, Jess. I don't know about night games and all that baloney, but sounds reasonable to me. And on top of it, it was a blackout, so people were probably mostly blacked out drunk. And if you know, if you're a Utah fan, <laughs> you wanted to black out that game because if you're on the other side of that ball, oh my! Well, and let let me mention this, Jimmy. Um, the there were huge lines to get into the game. Like if you did not go inside, um, like an hour before. You were, if you were going in, you know, 40, 30 minutes before, there were massive lines. I mean, they were moving, but pe- people weren't even, they weren't even in the seats. And then the atmosphere, I think, I want to say after halftime, like it just, there really wasn't much of an atmosphere anymore. But anyway, uh, continue with your, your thoughts on Utah's very underwhelming uh, performance, especially on offense. Well, I mean, we, we can get into the Hawks. That's fine with me. Or the Hawks, I mean the Huskies. Um, hey, this is the Husky Fan Podcast. It is. I mean, I guess, look, I mean, I don't want to, like we say every week, <laughs> the topic's going to be Browning. The topic's going to be the offense. The topic is going to be Race Porter sh- shooting laser beams off his foot, you know, 20 feet off the ground, so punt coverage can't get down there. Well, well uh, yeah, sorry, continue. The the question I'm going to ask right off the bat, where has this team improved from last year? You can't tell me the secondary because the secondary was already good. But where has this team, in your mind, gotten better from a year ago? Go ahead. Well, it's hard to judge, but I will say the secondary is better because last year, I mean, although there were injuries, I feel feel, – hold on a second – the secondary is better. McIntosh and Miles Bryant are both clearly better. So the secondary is definitely better. Um, All right. Next, where else are we better? Um, you know, edge pressure, I don't want to say it's better because we're still lacking, but I feel like by the end of the year, the edge pressure will be better. I, I feel like there's more potential there. A wide receiver is better. A tight end, losing Hunter Bryant. Tight end is obviously worse. Uh, the offensive line, it's depending on injuries. If it can't... If this thing is a mess for the rest the whole season, as far as injuries and moving guys around and playing a bunch of different guys, then the offensive line is worse. Um, running back, so far, I mean, there's only three games, so it's I, I don't it, it's so it's so hard to make a judgment. But if you go position by position, there are more. I mean, uh, kicker so far is better now. Yep. Especially you know, uh, so you have kicker that's better. Yeah. Um, the DBs are better, as I already said, and um, wide receivers are definitely better. Appearing to be better. Appe- yeah, appearing to be better. So okay. I, I mean it. it okay. It's just after three games, it's so hard to make a. It's so hard to evaluate that. It's such a big picture thing that you're talking about. Well, we we talked that we were going to learn a lot more about Utah. I mean. The first fact is they won the game. That's the most important. However, I think the areas that are obviously very concerning is the play at the QB position because you know there's going to be a game down the line where it's going to be close 
I mean, how much harder could have Browning tried to keep Utah in the game with a shot to actually, you know, make it very close uh, near the end? And the fact is, in your mind, after that first, like the that offensive start and the way the defense is playing, did it cross your mind that this game could be a blowout? Did you think that for a moment? Like, my yeah, God. Yes, I did. And e- even when it was even right before halftime, I was like, at 14-7, you know, 99-yard drive. We, yeah. we, got the, we got the target. I mean, the officials, we can talk about that later. But, yeah, I, th- that was the disappointing thing about the game, aside from the obvious is that we couldn't quite put it away. Like, we couldn't get it to 28 set. I know there's some things of saying that we should have won 45-7 or 35-7. I mean, Utah's defense is really good. I'm not... I, I don't think we could have won, like, 35-7 or 42-7. That's ridiculous. But surely we could have scored another touchdown or got it to 24-7. That's what was frustrating, that we just didn't have enough firepower to get that extra score... That we it, needed to, to be comfortable. It should have been 21-7.5. We were on the 16-yard line. Or at least 17-7. What? Or at least 17-7. Sure. Okay. But they're at the 16. And then we see probably one of the worst strings of three plays that you could you could imagine. I don't know if you've seen the replay. I watched that series again. <laughs> Did you see how the team started just attacked with Gaskin, like in the in the ferocity that he was running the ball with, and then you just get down like what is this with inside the red zone? We just soil ourselves. Well, and, and the thing in the red zone, like that pisses me off, is these these sideways passes or trying to throw to the flats. I mean, put I I you know. It, 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 you know that we have trouble in the red zone scoring. I mean, I wouldn't mind if we were taking deep shots. I mean, yet yes, you know, a, a fade or whatever. Those are not high high percentage. But if you throw if you throw a bunch of those to Ty Jones, I mean, there's at least a good chance. And Utah's secondary is very good. I'll give them that. But I mean, th- there's a good you know if you take a couple end zone shots, and you're not throwing it to the middle or or to small guys. I mean, you could. At least, what's the worst thing that happens? You know, you get an incomplete pass. Or at the 16 on first down, you just decide to run Gaskin. Yeah. Take your chances with your best offensive player. Uh, you know, it may sound negative off the bat. Like, you know, you got to focus on the positives. They won the game. The defense is very good. I get those things. But the problem is not every game you're not going to face a team that has a quarterback that's just not good. I mean, Utah's, you know, they're an okay football team. We have our disagreement about Whittingham. Um, you know, he made some boneheaded plays against us at home. Uh, wait, wait, what was what was boneheaded in your opinion? I, I knew you were going to ask me. I, at the end of the game, there were some errors on the Whittingham side. There's no there's no reason Utah should have lost that game in Washington last year. But the point I'm going to get to is this game. Huntley throwing the ball down the side. You, you at minimum have to get three points there. Like, <laughs> what? What did? No, no, what three. Did, what? What are you talking that, about in the fourth quarter? No, I'm talking about just before the half. Utah had a chance that they were on like our 33, and uh, Jordan Miller got the interception. That was yeah. just before. Well, the half. well, I mean Miller, Miller. 
first of all, going back to last year, I mean, you can blame Whittingham for the timeout, but his team fucking his team didn't even play deep. I mean, the the defense ha- the team still has to play the game. So I mean, I I know that it's it's like you know you can blame him for doing that, but I just think you know. And I'm not taking away blame for that, but it's one thing to, to call a timeout. It's another thing for your defense to just fucking blow it and let, let that happen. You know, let a team score 10 points easily in the last, you know, 90 seconds of the game. But anyway, that, I mean, that pass, Jordan Miller made a great play. That was like a one-handed catch. I mean, that was not was an easy play, catch. But he, was, he, was, he, well, he had it well covered. I mean, I just feel like you, you better okay, be well, then that, I mean, that's, then that's, that's on Huntley not to throw... Sure. I mean, he's he's not he's obviously not he's not a cerebral quarterback. And Jake, when he's under pressure, is obviously not a cerebral quarterback. But we'll get into that later. But so I mean that Huntley. I mean the thing with Utah, there's just because I want to talk about their offense a little bit. Sure. Um, Huntley. I mean the one thing about the receivers dropping passes is a lot of that is because you're playing against a really physical defense. Like you can't. I mean, when they're playing Oregon or Wazoo, for example, they're not going to be these receivers are not going to be scared to catch the ball. I mean, it, it's and it, it, I listened to some of their players in their post game comments, and Britton Covey was saying, "Look, it's just mental. Like, you know, we can sit out there with the jugs machine and catch balls all the time, but at the end, it's just mental, and you know, you have to figure it out. And it is mental because you know when you know that you have a physical secondary that's going to pound you and and they see how Britton Covey is getting pounded left and right every time he catches the ball it, it's going to be more difficult for those guys to you know hold on to all these passes so i don't i don't want to uh i don't want to take anything away from utah being a bad offense they clearly are it, it's going to be one of the worst offenses uh, okay. that we face all season but you know half the time it was huntley throwing a terrible ball and then when he threw a good pass uh, these guys would just drop it because they were afraid of getting blasted. So that, you know, certain fans, you know, non-UW fans will say, oh, well, you know, all these guys are dropping passes. But, yeah, the other side of it is you're playing against a physical defense that is going to beat the shit out of you legally when you catch the ball. I mean, that's the other thing. These fans who are saying, oh, well, UW got lucky with the rat. I mean, Jimmy Lake is a fantastic coach. They teach how to hit and tackle correctly. And Utah apparently... On defense, they're players. You, you can't hit guys, you know, you can't hit guys in the face and you can't lead with the crown of the helmet. I mean, that's the rule. It sucks that guys get ejected. And by okay. the way, on that inter- the, the Browning interception, that that was a pass interference that they missed. I mean, their linebacker made a great play, but he, he uh, pushed Gaskin and Gaskin stumbled and that's how he was able to make the interception. So they, they missed that call. But in, anyway... Yep. Yeah, go ahead. The rules guy was about the targeting calls was like the first one was definitely a targeting. And then he was the second one when the guy's crown of his helmet hit Browning in the face. He was like, ah, oh, I'm not so sure about that one. I mean, whoever was calling the uh, the rules portion of that game was a moron. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he said the first one was without a question targeting, which I think it was questionable. But the other one where the crown literally hit Browning in the face, uh, he was like, oh, I don't think that one's targeting. Well, I mean, think, which one is it, man? And, you know, that's just the game. Unfortunately, that's just where it is. It's not going to change. But back to Lake, like, they're t- showing these guys, okay, 
you tackle with the shoulder. You lead with the shoulder, not the head. And that's what Murphy's tackle was textbook. And you, I mean, the Utah fans, there was people booing that. I mean, are you kidding? How, how, how bad of a football fan or at least understanding the game, like that's embarrassing. Like you're booing that play. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand it. <laughs> um, so yeah, c- kudos to the defensive coaching staff. Uh, we could go on and on about that, Chess, but the problem is quarterback and offensive line. It's a big problem. Okay, and let I just want to cut in for a second. Um, sorry, but what I want to mention about Browning and that throw, which is people are not talking about, uh, the the one that was picked off. He made the same throw like two or three times before that. Yeah. So it's not it wasn't just like a one time thing. And also, uh, it's Coker and Dennis pointed out. It was Coker who pointed out last year. When Utah had us down to fourth and ten, and you know we were able to uh, save the, you know they could have won if they stopped us on fourth and ten. The play right before that, he did the same thing, and they all, you know, they almost intercepted it. So when he's going back, I mean, they should spend like half the week just coaching him on how to take a sack. I mean, that can help the team improve. Here's how you take a fucking sack. I'm sure they have. Well, they got they got to do it more. They got, I mean, they got it. They got to do it more. But it's just, I mean, it's so. I I lost my shit when he threw that pick. I mean, I was well behaved most of the game, but good Dude, god, I mean, that's like the worst fucking play that you can have at that time. And, and and it's like the losing field position too. I mean, we're on like, you know, we're on like we're we're, we're, we're at mid we're at midfield. If he can throw the ball downfield and it gets picked, then it's like a shitty punt and they still have to go 60 or 70 yards. But no, he like he runs around, goes backward, backwards by 25 yards, and then turns it over. I mean, Jesus. Uh, Chest, the Utah guy should have ran it in, but he bumbled the ball out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly, when the heat is on... The heat is on! <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I, I'm sorry, but you can't. If they haven't coached it out of them by now, it's not going away. And if you're a defense, like you are going to send bodies to Browning. You're going to get in that guy's head early. Uh, it's whether Mr. Hamden can figure out a way to put this guy in situations where he can excel with pressure. I mean, Browning needs to recognize where the extra man is going to come from and he needs to put someone there that he can put the ball to. There is a problem and it will probably cost them a game that will be very, very bothersome. This team defensively, like they're too good and to roll out this nonsense on offense, it is so frustrating. I, I'm sorry, Jess. I hate to be like a Debbie Downer on this pod, but I did not. It, I had to force myself to continue watching that game. For some reason, I was just like, I'm just so over watching that backpedaling bullshit and just giving away the game. Now, I'm not going to argue 42-7, to 7, probably a lot to ask for. But 28-31-7, I don't think that's unreasonable. I mean, (laughs) 
the way we started out and then the way we were just commanding, we were dictating on offense, it just went just went away. Poof, it was gone. Poof. Disappeared. Well, I know. I mean, and then I, here we are watching us almost like make it a game. And then Browning at the end talking about, I hope people remember we won by 14. I mean, you're joking, right? Yeah. I mean, looking at Utah's schedule and looking at that team, I mean, I would be shocked if they went, if they were better than seven and five. Yeah. 100%. Because you look, you look, I mean, just a quick comment on the conference. Um, the bottom in the middle of the conference is way better than it was the last two years. So there's not, you know, there's not like three or four free victories for, you know, it's a team like a, Utah. You know, so. I mean, the Utahs and the Oregons and the Wazoo, like they're going to be in a battle every week. You know, they have, there's no gimmies. But anyway, um, but with the offense, I mean, it. I mean, at halftime we had our yards per play was seven, and it was, it was disappointing that we didn't at least get up seventeen seven there. Um, but at the point when we went ahead, um, twenty one to seven, the yards per play was still six point three to three point eight for Utah. And then even you know until the last two or three possessions, our yards per play was five point seven. I mean, obviously we weren't. I mean, you have to. I think it's a combination of things in the second half. Um, I think Utah made some adjustments. We obviously had injuries on the line, and the fact that we had a fourteen point lead, so we didn't need to force anything. So I'm not. I I feel like after this game, um, I feel like the the defense is getting too much credit and the offense is getting too much blame. I mean, and you also have to adjust for the opponent you're playing. I mean, Utah's defense is really good. I mean, it's it's probably. I mean, other than. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of these teams. ASU, I mean, their defense might match up well with us because it usually does for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in Utah's defense, like you, aside from the physical penalties, they didn't have any stupid penalties. I mean, their linebackers were really running to the ball. Their secondary was good. Nobody was running, like, wide open except Fuller in the middle of the field a couple times. Um, I, mean, their, I mean, their front was really good. I mean, that's a really solid defense you don't think the offense you think the offense is taking too much blame well i just i mean after like even joel <laughs> clatt joel clatt was on softy and he said like oh you know I, I forget what it was i just saw a tweet about it and he was saying like you know we could win every game with our defense i mean hold like hold on let's look at who we were playing and i mean last week utah's offense didn't have any points against Nor- northern illinois uh until the third quarter Okay. And I mean, you, you, I, I just, yeah, that was a great, but last year everybody was talking about how great our defense was. And then, you know, we played Stanford and they scored 30 and Penn state scored 35. So I just think it's a little too early to crown the defense. I mean, yeah, it was a great performance, but I mean, that offense, is there anybody left who has a worse offense than that? I mean, even Oregon state's putting up points. So that, that might be the, that, that might be the worst offense left on our schedule. Now, granted, it's a road game, so, you know, there might be 
some teams we play at home, uh, they're you know with the home crowd and the home advantage that will mitigate or make other offenses worse. But still, I think that needs to be taken into account. And then the fact that our offense um, only scored twenty one points and struggled. Um, yeah, I, against gonna, against, yeah. A, against a really good defense on the road, and I mean, if our offense—I mean, I'm not—I'm just saying, if we could have, if we could have just had another field goal or scored another touchdown, you know, that would have been the offense would look that much better. Like the concerns would probably be so much less. And looking at—I mean, here, here's some statistics. For example, if you're looking just, at, you're, you're, you're bullying me on the podcast. You're, you you are not letting me get a word in. Brother. Well, well, look at look at this with in yards per play, we're six point four nine, and that's against the eleventh best schedule. I mean, Oregon's at six point five nine. Their schedule, their strength of schedule, according to Sagarin, is two hundred and fifteen. We've played the eleventh. We're basically point one yard behind them. We've played the eleventh toughest schedule. So, I mean, I I know that there's issues on the offense, but I think the offense. What I'm trying to say is. The offense is not as bad as we think to this point. Some of the issues are correctable. And secondly, the defense is not as great as everyone's making it out to be. That, that's all I'm saying. And you're saying that because of the fact that Utah has a pretty good defense, which statistically they prove that, or you just like their defensive players. And then offensively, they're obviously stunted. They don't have any wide receivers that scare you. Zach Moss is a fine running back. He's not a great running back. He's a good running back. He's okay. Huntley, great, you know, athleticism, but, you know, his arm is to be desired, obviously. Well, you, you, you ha- I mean, you have to, sorry to interrupt, uh, you have to take into account the opponent and their strengths and weaknesses. Sure. Yeah, I guess the game that's going to really start scaring Husky fans is the BYU game. The game got you worried. Yeah, it has me worried, but not a, it's it's not a conference game. I mean, at this point, are we gonna are we gonna go to the playoff? No. So then, the BYU game is the least important game that's left on the schedule. That's true. So, no doubt. Um, Obviously, I want you know I, I don't want to lose that game. I want to win it, but I'm just saying I want to you know if we lose one game and it's BYU, if we win out in other than BYU, I would take that right now, honestly. So let me ask you. We're not so Utah game. We 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 don't have a full picture. So at what point do we start understanding this team as a whole? Is it after Arizona State? Is it after UCLA? Is it after Oregon? Is it after Cal? At well, under understanding this team as as far as as far as what? Well. Do we believe the offense is a little bit better? Do we believe the defense isn't as good as we're touting them to be? When do we when do we start forming a strong opinion about either side of the ball? Well, probably after after more games. I mean, the you know we've only had three. And that's just my opinion right now. I get it. So okay, let, let's pose a few other questions. What is the deal with Ahmed? I guess it's Ahmed. I, I swear, Softy had a whole segment about the show about that it's Ahmed, but I guess I'm wrong. Okay, what happened to him? 
I think it was Greasy or Levy mentioning that Chico was not 100%. Do we know that to be the truth? I don't know that's the, if that's the case. I, Coker, tweet, Coker said that um, uh, that Savon was banged up. That Savon was banged up. Okay. I mean, that had to be the case. I mean, Grant, hey, give McGrew a little shout-out. His four-yard carry ran with authority. I liked it. Um. Kamari Pleasant was in there, but he was just blocking on the Wildcat. So Savon's banged up a little bit. What do we do? We is there any proof to the fact that Chico is injured? I don't. I don't think he's injured. I think he's just got guys that are playing well ahead of him. Yeah, we don't. Um, we don't know. Before I forget, I do want to give uh, the video the video guy on Twitter. Uh, he's had these threads. It's at Lamichael Corley one. You can just go to at Husky Fan Podcast. I've retweeted some of his stuff, but I want to give that guy a shout out. He's done some amazing cut ups of the game, some really good analysis. But yeah, I'm sorry to push that in there, yeah, Jim, sure. Jimmy. But um, with Savon, I mean, it, you got to get him in the open field because he can't. I mean, his his being able to make guys miss in tight spaces. As far as like as far as uh, him being a running back, a traditional running back, I'm just not I'm not impressed so far. And yes. I thought the point when they the point when they had him in the game that was we had I think we had gotten a cup. This was right before uh, the Browning interception, I think, and we had gotten a couple first downs to that point with Gaskin in there. I don't know why we took Gaskin out. Like I think that you know that. Maybe he was tired, but I mean that was unfortunate because early in the fourth quarter you're ahead by 14, you're moving the ball, you have a couple first downs, you're at midfield, and then you take Gaskin out. Yeah, that no. that's uh, frustrating. And McGrew, by the way, he got um, he was in for blitz protection at one point, and he got totally huh. blown up, or he went the wrong way. I forget what happened. Uh, and also Kate Otten, he just got. He just got like pancaked one play. So I mean, a couple of the a lot a, a good portion of the pressure on Browning, like it was not picked up. And so I think when Peterson's talking about you know we have to make it easier for him, we have to improve on these things. Like they definitely need to do. Like that shit's correctable. Well, then that's on Hamden. So, but quickly, a couple of quick fire though. I do. So Savon's banged up. There was some Chico. Uh, what is it going to take to get more Nagata defensively? So we're we're going to defense, but uh, bef- well, I, I'm I just going over the map. Just well, just, I, I just want to mention something on Hamden. I you know you I, I'm not trying to disagree with you, but if Browning sucks, if the offensive line is a mess, then and we're playing against a very very good defense in a tough environment. I mean, what else can Hamden do? I mean, Gaskin. He had 30 carries. We 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 ran the ball 36 times to 26 throws. So I don't get the bitching about Hamden. Well, I think we're, should should we bring Jonathan Smith back? I mean, look, he's he's doing great. At, he's doing great at Oregon State. Look at their offense. Okay, maybe it's just Browning. Yeah, that could be. But one of the things are some of his play calls inside the red zone have been very questionable. Right, that, we, we went over the one in the first half after getting to the 16-yard line, and it's too bad that Fuller got tripped up there. 
Um, you know, every time we have a breakaway in the red zone, I'm just, God, we got to, when we get tackled, I'm like, shit. Okay, but we need we to score those. But anyway, yeah. So, so those calls and then the ones, the ones, um, the third and it was third and eight. And then we got a false start. It was third and 13. And yeah, we, pr- we probably should have just punted or played for a punt at that point. Okay. Just we <laughs> very questionable offense of play calls at Auburn. Okay, North Dakota was uninspiring, to say the least. And I will say, like, what in your mind tells you that a screen pass? I'm telling you, man, we haven't seen a good screen pass since James Sims, man. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Or Richard Thomas. I mean, just get the screen pass out of the playbook. Because, frankly, the, the screen pass asks this offense, asks Browning one, He's going to have to be calm under pressure and deliver the ball with guys barreling down at him. A screen pass is not a good choice for the makeup of this team. Now, Gaskin and Savon, good options for a screen, but we're clearly not very good at executing a screen play. It's, it's, and it's too, I'll just cut in for a minute. It's too predictable. There was one play where Gaskin kind of, yep. he started to leak out before the yep. snap. And the Utah, I think it was Chase Hansen who pointed the pointed the other linebacker, uh, oh, who, no, who pointed saw. who pointed it out. So, they're, yeah, they're they're yeah. I mean, I I I do think there's probably room for improvement with some of the play design and play calling. Yes. No, I, I think it's I, I think it's fair. I think that's a fair statement. And uh, they, you know, it's got to get, it's got to get cleaned up. But, you know, it doesn't appear to be, I mean, it doesn't appear to be getting cleaned up. That's when I go back to the question, like, where you feel really good about where we've improved from a year ago. I just, my problem is, and I think you'll probably agree, it's just been somewhat sloppy. You know, I know that that with a few injuries, but a lot of the guys now have been in the – like Hilbers has been in with the program, what, three years? I'm not harping on Hilbers. I'm just saying a lot of the guys that are playing have been in the program. It's not like you know, they're being thrown into the fire. They don't know the system. They don't know what the coach expects. I mean, at one point, that game just felt so sloppy. And I just feel like from a Peterson thing and how he approaches the game and how he talks and – and granted, I'm not trying to say I'm disappointed or I want Peterson gone by any stretch, but I mean that was just sloppy football. There was a lot of slop. But which, which I mean, I, I thought the first two and a half quarters were probably pretty clean. I mean, aside from aside from that fuck up at the end of the half, I mean the first. The yeah, first... but it just seemed to like it just seemed to deteriorate. Like you saw the the start of that game, you didn't see. The way we came out, just like, you know, guns a-blazing. Sorry, the pun. It's a stupid pun. But, you know, where we just looked like like we were going to take control. It kind of happened at Stanford. Remember that? Like, we were just like... Yeah, and we had huge we had huge penalties on our second drive when we were... Sure. We, but we stopped ourselves. Like, so that factors into the slop that you're talking about. How do you... How do you... Can, how do you keep that same... You know that same. It was almost like there was some urgency. Like they want. Like there was a, a lot of emphasis to start fast, 
strong start. And what do you do? You lean on your best player in Gaskin. And I know he got a lot of carries. There's not much more you can do. But like you said, they're situationally. They've got to look at things. You, you just simply cannot put Browning in scenarios where he has to make a split-second decision. Uh, and he's going to have to identify different pressures. I mean, if you're a defensive coach, um, you, you, you're, you look at Browning and you're going to say, we're going to find ways to get pressure that he hasn't seen before. We're going to send more guys. You know, I would take risks defensively if I was at a deficit against Washington and you're at home or whatever. Yeah. Like I, you're going it's worth the gamble. Well, and we don't and we only have one good blocking tight end. Yes. So this idea, oh, we'll just, you know, roll out three tight ends. I mean, this isn't no. 2016 where look, you had Sample and you had Disley and Daniels who were both playing in the NFL. So you could roll out three tight ends and overpower a lot of the teams. You, you you don't have that now. I mean, yeah, Kate Otten will be good, but you know, unless you're getting a super elite recruit, it's going to take them probably two to three years before they really start making an impact. Did you I see? I mean, just look at Amon, you know, Mondre Williams. He's an example. Kate Otten's another example. Um, you know, Byron Murphy is the reverse. You know, he's an elite recruit. He was really good as a redshirt freshman, and it's the second year and. You know, I mean, that's why recruiting matters. But anyway, so, you know, a lot of these, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just, we just don't, and, and Kaiser too, I think, I don't, I don't know what happened, but, you know, he's, he's a, a jag at this point, you know, I'm sure he'll probably get better, but you, you can't do the double or three tight end thing. I mean, you, you could have, you, you will be able to do the double if Hunter Bryant comes back later, but at this point, you know, you can't really do that jumbo package. I mean, that play near the goal line at Justice Warren whiffed on his block when when Gaskin on second down when they did, was that the toss sweep? Yeah. I mean, Justice Warren just didn't block anybody. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, credit to Browning and Ty Jones for getting a touchdown there. I mean, that, that makes a big difference in a, you know, granted, you kick a field goal, you know, you're ahead by two scores, but in a game where, you, I mean, Utah really has trouble scoring and even scoring touchdowns. A touchdown makes a big difference. So, I mean, that's a that's a small positive from the offense. That third down, Browning was was able to escape, and Ty Jones was able to get the touchdown there. Did you enjoy Will Disley's end of the game touchdown and his celebration where he spiked the ball? Um. <laughs> You probably didn't see I, it. Well, I, yeah, I didn't see it because I don't really pay attention that much. Well, he had another touchdown. He had another big catch, like a 40-plus yard catch. Too. Yeah, I, I heard about the touchdown. I saw a little clip on Twitter as I was prepping for this wonderful pod. Okay, back to... Back to Nagata or tight ends. Tight ends. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't even appear to use the tight end in this offense where I thought... You know, Pete said, oh, we, you know, we asked the tight end to do a lot in this offense, and, you know, he's got to know this, he's got to know that. I, I don't even think a tight end had a catch, did they? Well, there was one play where Sample went downfield, and I think it was in the first half, and it was a little bit overthrown, but that's an example of where you miss Hunter Bryant because Hunter Bryant probably could have jumped up and caught that. Well, I mean... 
What were Ty Jones' statistics from Saturday? Do you do you recall? He only had one catch. I, I think he was targeted. Uh, I want to say three or four times. He just had the touchdown. Actually, that's it. That's all he had. I mean, they they did try him down the sideline a couple times. He, he wasn't able to come down with it. But I mean, Utah does have a very good secondary. It's it's uh, Auburn secondary is shitty. I mean, it's probably not as shitty as like Oregon's and a lot of these Pac-12 teams. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if we were able to you know hit on another one of those uh, long throws. That probably would have helped us get to 24 or 28 points. I mean, that uh, that to me is what's frustrating. But I, I just you know I, I think we can't because after the game, it's just the the reaction is oh the offense is so horrible and the defense is so fantastic. But we need to look at some of the context. You know how did yeah. the, how did the game go? Who were they who were they playing against? I just like the way, you know, the defense plays the game where, like we had commented earlier, the punishing hits. I know we're, you know, we've got some deficiency at linebacker, but I think there's some bright spots there. And I will point out, though, Jalen Johnson, uh, I, I really enjoy watching that guy play. And I don't know if you got to see it in the stands, but the lick that he put on Huntley early in the game, oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to talk about uh, the, the special teams tackle, where he no. just blasted uh, Covey. I think in the fourth quarter. Oh no! I was going. He to... just like pancaked him. Well, I mean, he was pancaking a lot of people. I but, mean, can I just stop you for a second? By the way, have we checked the uh, obituary section for Britton Covey in the Salt Lake City newspapers? Yes. Check check the obituaries. <laughs> Well, but Jalen, uh, yeah, tell me more about Jalen. Well, he was very active. He's, you know, he talked about how he's slimmed up some. He's on that new new diet. Not gonna eat bad food. Taking this here seriously. Uh, apparently, that's that's true because he uh, he's playing good football, uh, and I hope that uh, they never take him out <laughs> of the game. Uh, I really enjoy watching Jalen Johnson. He's he's what he's a war daddy. Like, uh, oh, Dick Baird, poor Dick Baird. I listened to the honks for a few minutes Saturday night. Oh man, I was I was reading on UW Duke Pound because I oh. I do you know I read all the Husky sites and and even people on there were saying like Baird has lost it. Yeah. So when when, when people would people on those sites when the average Husky sites are calling out Dick Baird, yeah. No, it's not good. Um, yeah, uh, but is it, yeah. is it time to is it time to euthanize him yet? Well, <laughs> just you know, take him out back. <laughs> you know what's the term? Take him to the pasture. No, I mean, come on, man. He's it's Dick Baird, man. You know, he's he's a, he's a Don James uh, disciple. He's a big you know big Don James lover. I mean, he you know he's from the Don James era. I, I give him a pass. But shout, yeah, shout out to shout out to Dick Barrett. Even even though he yelled at me on the air, I actually have no. That doesn't that doesn't change my opinion of him one bit. Well, well getting back getting back to you know he has this term of war daddy. I think it was a 
think he called it a war daddy. Like, you know, just a, a guy who on the line was, you know, did the dirty work, you know, very difficult to play against. I mean, that's Jalen Johnson. I, I, I really, he's becoming one of my favorite D line guys. Love that guy. Uh, he, he was good. He was hitting people. He's active. He's, his feet are fast. Uh, he's in, he, he, like you said, he's in great shape. So I, I like our, I like our rotation there. Um, you know, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on linebacker. I mean, there's just other than our boy Nagata who, who just continues to make plays. And I love, he kind of plays with a rage on the field that I feel like the defense really needs um, from the linebacking corps, especially. But that guy is, I, I just love the energy he plays with. He, he's good. You can tell he's a little cut above everyone else, I think. In the group. Yeah, I asked Gladstone if he could make a cut-up of all of Nagata's snaps so far this season. So shout-out shout to Gladstone at Duke Stone on Twitter. So I, I requested that he did that. So now that I now that I mentioned that, Gladstone, you have to work on that video. But yeah, you're right. Not only he's fast. Yeah, oh, he's he's real fast. Not only does he have that twitch, but he's got the twitch. Like I really Yeah, I mean I I, I mean we've talked about this before, but um and we'll get to Benning in a second, but Nagata, like if if that guy I mean, he is getting more snaps, but I mean, if that guy can just improve, like if there's one guy on the team you want to improve, would you, there's, there's one, you, you had like one improvement, like one player could improve from now until the end of the year. I mean, would you, would Browning be your number one guy or would it be Nagata that you'd pick? Uh, Well, I just don't think there's nowhere for Browning to go. I mean, but even even if even if you could just pick one and that would happen, I, I would still probably say Nagata because then our defense would be that much stronger. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one because yeah, the edge pressure has been non-existent for many years, and it feels like he's bringing some of that back. And I hope I hope we get to see a lot more of him. I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, it's clear. He, he seems to make plays like on that Byron Murphy hit when he just lit up Covey. Uh, Nagata was right there to scoop and score. Had that been a, like a catch and fumble, I mean, he was right there to take that ball to the house. So not only does he play with great, you know, energy and, and uh, ferociousness, that rage you like on defense, he was also being very heady about that play. Like he was going for that ball to take it to the house, had it, you know been a reception uh, and fumble. So not only was that, he was thinking like, oh, you know, that ball could be a fumble. I'm going to go take it to the house. So, you know, he's doing all the right things. He's fast. Uh, I mean, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's fast. There's no question. He is really fast and athletic. And uh, for some reason, what is he, number 52? Or is he 53? 52, right? 52. Yeah, for some reason, I just like that number, too, that he wears. I just like that he's 52, and he's just looking to blow somebody up. So, shout out to Nagata. Yeah. Now, as for Benning, he's never going to be, like, the fast twitch guy, but I still think he played 
He played better. He had that nice tackle that looked like a horse collar, but wasn't. He got on the backfield a couple times and applied some pressure, but um, you know he he missed Moss once. He missed Huntley once, but the Huntley was you, I think Taylor Rapp sacked him on that play. And one other thing, I was watching towards the end of the game when um, they had uh, Utah had a completion. I think it was third and fifteen or third and 10 or whatever. It looked like they had a completion down to the three or four yard line. And, uh, Benning was the one who got held. So he, he caused, he caused the hold on that play when Huntley was rolling out to his right and Benning was right there and he got held. And that's why Huntley was able to complete the throw. Do you like how Benning sets the edge on the run plays? I do. <laughs> I was surprised you weren't going to mention it. That's your no, guy with Benning. It's him setting the edge. He does set the edge. <laughs> yeah, no. But, he's, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I want to. Yeah, but I want to see more Nagata in there. And I think Tryon. I mean, it's hard to say because we've only seen I think three snaps out of him. Yeah. But I just you, you'd probably agree with me on this. I think Peterson is probably being too rigid about some of these players and not Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's you you put guys out there in the game and they're just way better than you think. Yeah. You can't base everything all the time on practice. I mean, Disley is an example. He was a third he was third string as the tight end 2 years ago and we were you know watching him and saying this guy's good. He's fucking good. He's going to be in the NFL. So, I mean, Peterson fucked up on that. I mean, b- b- well, Disley is going to end up being by far the best tight end that that Peterson has had. Oh yeah. Um, but well, so I I think and that's what I'm worried about. Like the the, the athleticism that Tryon showed in those first three snaps. Like if 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 you have elite athleticism, you can afford to make mistakes because you can recover. Now if you're a BBK, you you can't afford to make mistakes because you can't recover. But you know some guys are just so talented and athletic that. You just put them out there, and they can make plays even if they don't, you know, have all the calls right or everything down that they're supposed to be doing. So I just I, I, BBA the defensive player of the week chest. I yeah, I thought it should yeah that I I don't know how he he was the Pac-12 defensive player of the week, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> give, give him credit. He did he did stand up Huntley. I think on like a what was it a third and one or a third yeah, and two? Yeah, right up. Yeah. Yep. What was your what was just your reaction to that? Your initial reaction? It's like, there you go, BBK. <laughs> nice. Way to keep your hat in there. I mean, he, he took Huntley the other direction. Gotta kudos to BBK on that one, man. Yeah, um play. Yeah, interestingly, this this guy on Twitter at LaMichael Corley One, he has some um good clips of BBK and um, he's he's not he's not a good spy. Like they used him to be a spy, and he he just in showing he, BBK was the spy on Huntley's big run, which led to their touchdown. I mean that was basically their best play of yeah. the entire game, and BBK did not do a good job on that play. Similar to the third and eight completion that Auburn had. So I'm not. Um, I'm not 
getting down on BBK. I'm just pointing out that, you know, he's not a good spy. You should drop drop him in coverage and have somebody else be the spy. And him and Tevis, like, they're... This guy, he was showing clips where sometimes they make the wrong reads on these plays. So there, there's things that they're doing that are correctable. And hopefully as the season goes on, you know, we'll see less less of these mental mistakes, mental errors, whatever you want to call them. But, I, I mean, aside from that play, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, BBK had a lot of tackles, but, I mean... Jordan Miller caused one fumble. He had a great interception. I mean, shout yeah. out to Buffy Miller. He had a fantastic game. Um, you know, that interception before half was pretty big. Oh, it's huge. The, tur- the turnover, even though, you know, even though the guy was losing the ball, Miller completely knocked it out. I mean, yeah. you could have given it to him or Byron Murphy. And even uh, Miles, uh, Miles Bryant and JoJo are improved. I think they are improved. Do you? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that. For sure, because I yeah I was concerned about McIntosh coming into the season, but it looks like he has improved and Brian as well. Um, so, all right, let's uh, let's you want to wrap wrap this up with questions? Yeah, wrap it up with questions. I want to touch on Browning Hayner briefly, and I did make a bet with a buddy about. So the argument was, you know, I got a group husky buddies and they think i'm way too hard on browning like you know they're giving me like he made he made that one good passer and like see like you guys are hating on browning he's fine like like i'm just like just wait this game's early there's plenty of time for (laughs) but the bet is right like is this your buddy from china is he one of the guys one of the guys yeah there's a group of guys sorry to call him out so you know they're like i can't you know like you know wait till east and comes in and ro- runs a show now first and foremost i i will be more than happy if eason is the guy for washington he's he's everything you want out of a quarterback size athlete you know he's got good athleticism you know big arm all those things but i simply said let's not just hand it over to eason he's gonna have he's gonna compete with hayner this staff really likes hayner and i think this staff if Pete will learn anything, you cannot simply hand the job over to someone. And Browning is a perfect example of that. So in my mind, and, you know, I believe Easton came back to this staff, so it doesn't feel like they necessarily owe him anything. And Hayner's, you know, like what's the word? Cocksuredness, massive chip on his shoulder. Uh, he thrives on competition. I made a $100 bet at some point in the season next year we'll see Hayner start. Not because Easton was hurt, but he might get a shot. But let me make my point be clear. I hope Easton is the guy. He is everything you want out of the quarterback position. And I hope Easton wins that job by far and away and takes this team uh, to new heights with his abilities. But I'm not ready to say Hayner doesn't have a shot. Alrighty. Well said, brother. Okay, first question. Is Ariel Nagata going to have over or under six sacks by the end of the year? This kid looks like an absolute beast. If we could get over six out of him, I think we easily win the Pac-12, in my honest opinion. I feel like 
if he gets enough snaps, he'll get six sacks. I think he is going to get enough snaps because they played him a little bit against Auburn, and they played him more in this game. So it's very early in the season. So how many does he have now? Um, I think he has one, but I, you know, I don't know how they count these. He should have gotten half a sack on that play where him and Gaines right. tag teamed Huntley towards right. the end of the game. I don't think that he should have got half a sack there. Um, you know, he caused a fumble in the last game. Yeah. I don't know if that counts as a sack. And I, I think, think it's a great chance for six sacks. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go with the under. All right. I think he's going to end up with, it just seems like the way they're. Five and a half. He's going to end up with five and a half sacks. Yeah, they're keeping stats. The way they're keeping stats, it seems pretty conservative. Fine. Well, you know, you can jot that down and we can go over it at the end of the year. I think he's definitely going to, you know, he's going to have some forced fumbles. He's going to have lots of hurries. All right. What's next? How much will the offense improve with Eason next year? Well, that depends on a few things. They're not going to have Gaskin. That's going to, I don't care what anyone says, that's going to hurt. Gaskin's one of the greats ever to play at Washington. Uh, I definitely think he's going to give you more opportunities downfield um, with Bryant. Uh, they got Fuller for one more year. They obviously got Ty Jones. Um, you know, I think Cook and Bynum and Osborne are going to get in the mix. Uh, You've already been playing without Adams, so it's not right. You know, you but I, there's a chance if Adams, you know, comes back, he'll redshirt and he'll play as redshirt senior yeah, year. If Adams and Hunter Bryant are healthy next year, yeah, the offense I think is is going to be very good, very yeah, very good. Good. I mean, Gaskin is really the one, the one guy that you lose. You know, you'll have a few questions on the offensive line, but there's a lot of young guys who are going to get better. Well, Wattenberg's got to get better at beating out. Yeah, or at least they should, maybe they should move him back to left tackle. Well, if Adams is there, he won't be. But, I mean, this, back this, this year. Sure. Well, I mean, Hilbert seems to be serviceable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to be much improved. I think there's a chance for them to be much improved, but... Again, Eason needs to win the job. And by the way, I don't think McGarry had that great of a game. Just from some things that I, I was watching, he didn't finish his blocks a couple times. And by not finishing his blocks, his guy made a couple tackles. Well, hopefully it's not a trend. It was just a, you know one one game. But Can I, I get a next question? Next it, question. I didn't, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say, Eason has to win the job. I think he does win the job, but you know, I I hope that he doesn't think he's just going to be handed the job, and I hope that the staff doesn't just hand him the job. What percent of your life savings are you putting on ASU to cover the seventeen point spread? I thought it was eighteen. Uh, I don't know. I saw seventeen and a half. It could have could have gone up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. I what you know I don't really gamble on I don't gamble on sports so how much of my life savings would I gamble on ASU covering I mean it depends on what Browning decides to do on Saturday 
Really? I mean, if ASU gets in his head and they get some pressure on him, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. And, you know, the the Herm Edwards factor, I mean, all that experience, his legendary motivation. He doesn't even talk during the games, it looks like. (laughs) No. No. But that, that's a question for the – that'll be a question for the uh, Thursday pod, the prediction pod. So next question. Um, do you think we will see Hainer at all next two weeks in a real game-like situation? I called for it against Utah, and I think there could have been a case for it. I mean, <laughs> Browning did everything he could to keep him in the game, and I, I'm sorry to keep on Counting on the guy, I mean. Yeah, it could be because of injury. I mean, ASU, they have some physical guys on defense. BYU, I mean, because they're like 25-year-olds, right? (laughs) Yeah. And they beat Wisconsin, so we know that they're physical. So, yeah, I think I would – my bet would be like it could be because of a Browning injury. Yeah, I think that uh, this coaching staff does not want to put Hayner in whatsoever. Uh, I think, you know, the fact that Browning didn't hurt Washington early against Utah, if if he came out in shambles early in that game, I, I personally felt, feel like Hayner would be given an opportunity. I, the, I think the odds are low that he gets in the next two weeks. I think that I think the chances of that happening are very low. Any idea why Savon is in the first and second series, goes MIA for two quarters, two random carries to start the fourth, did nothing the rest of the game. Also, your level of confidence of, of him being featured back next year. Um, I think Savon, if he was injured, they were using him as a decoy. Yeah, I mean, if he is banged up, that, that explains it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the offensive, look, the offensive line has to get better. Browning has to get better at diagnosing the pressure and all that and throwing the ball away. Because if those things don't improve, then then it's going to be harder to get Savon opportunities. Yeah. Again, you, there is no way that you can backpedal and just throw the ball directly to the defensive player. You know what would have been a better play is if he ran out of the ran backpedaled into the end zone for a safety. That would have been that would have, that would have been a better play. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, I just I it I don't I can't fathom. I I but, mean, I wonder what he thinks after going through that. I mean, just from all that experience of you know spinning and running around in circles and. What a, I mean, he's he's such a, a mental head case. Yeah, I. What do you think that's been from reading too much hardcore husky? I think yeah, I think it's factored into it. To be honest, it probably has. He, it's probably like a, you know he can't help himself. I'm sure he's on that site. I'm sure, Twitter, all the, all the brutal and ruthless uh, commentary. I mean, seriously, like some of the threads, though, even if you read about the, the the saint of Russell Wilson, I mean, there's some people out there saying things that, oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, if he reads any of that social media stuff, gets any wind of that, I mean, I, I, I bet it does affect him. 
Learn how to take a fucking sack, you idiot. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, that was chest. Uh, hey. All right, next question. Um, oh, your le- level of confidence of him being featured uh, next year. Yeah, I mean, I guess that freshman coming in could be pretty good. Um, th- that's I, next year, so I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on next year. Fair enough, but Savon will be fine. He'll be the starter next yeah. year. Quickly, you know, if you watch Drew Brees, the, those, you know, good, really good quarterbacks, I mean, they know when you have to take a sack because sometimes you're just going to have to eat it. And that's okay. Like that's the best. That's the best decision, you know, in that scenario, wherever you are in the game. But those guys just know. Like sometimes you're gonna have to eat a sack. It nobody wants to, but sometimes it's the best play. It's okay. They should be telling them. You know, if 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 that situation arises against ASU, it's like third and thirteen. We're ahead by fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Okay, Jake, you can take a sack here. You can yeah. take, you can take it. They're gonna have to tell him. Look, if anything, if it's not there, throw it away or take a sack. You know, it's crazy though. Like I know you didn't watch the game with, with like with Russell Wilson tonight. It's like, dude, throw. Stop holding onto the ball. Like that perfect play is just not gonna be there. And granted, I, I don't play. I get it. Like, I'm not out there. It's way easier to critique. Have you ever played football? Why don't you just go out there and try? But look, I mean, you've been through the scenario so many times. Like, sometimes if you're going to double pump, triple pump with guys around you, I mean, something bad's going to happen. I mean, you've either just got to let her rip or, you know, not let your hand get batted down, fumble. I mean, it just feels like you've been through this so many times. But Jimmy, how can you be so down on Browning? I mean, look look how look at his record as a starting quarterback. Did oh. you know did you know we went 0 and 12 10 years ago? Jeez. Oh. oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Forget it. Yeah. Just <laughs> just look at his record and his stats. It's going to be Number one this, number one that. I mean, it's amazing how much he's lived off of one season. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. And that's how pathetic, really, like, announcers are. And most of them, like, where, you know, they just, uh, they can't criticize whatsoever. And they just go back from, like, two years ago. Oh, he's through all. And it's amazing, even nationally, the coverage. Yeah. It's anyway. What's the next question? Let's get off that. Topic. No, I, I I do want to say, if you think Browning shouldn't be criticized, or you think he deserves all the credit for recent Husky success, please t- take your hand, open up the palm, and hit yourself in the face repeatedly. <laughs> well said. Well said. What's S- next? Smack some sense into you. All right, uh, on a scale of uh, notice against real teams, how much were running a 3-4 defense with Greg, Jalen, Levi? I'm not really sure if it's a comment or a question. Do you have any comment on that, the 3-4 defense with Greg, Jalen, Levi? I mean, isn't that pretty standard? I know that, you know, they put Levi in the middle at times. They got gains on the outside. Okay, speaking of Levi, I want to mention the Utah public address announcer at the stadium because he called him Levi. Or Levy. He called, him, he called him Levy. Levy? Yeah. Wow. 
Interesting. I mean, come on, buddy. How? How? That's pretty bad. I thought you were gonna say he butchered his last name. I was like, that's the thing. He, he butchered the first name, <laughs> but not the. And he also he also called Potawai Pototai, and it's like I mean. Buddy, there's a lot of Polynesians in in Utah. I mean, you're having trouble pronouncing this name. I mean, that just that just bothers me. PA announcers like that. Unprofessional, Chess. I I do like how he said uh, BBK's name. He was like, "On the tackle is Ben Perkerbin." (laughs) Okay, what's next? I gotta go to bed. Uh, (laughs) On a scale of one through ten. How much of play calling issues is Hamden learning on the job, and how much is on Jake OL deficiencies? I think it's uh, I think it's more on Jake and OL deficiencies. I mean, a little bit situationally, there's some play calling issues we talked about that, but I think for the most part, problems with the offense are more on Jake and the offensive line. Yeah, maybe maybe Huff doesn't know how to coach too. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, if you look at, you know, most of the talented guys, you know, are recruiting until the last year, the offensive line was not good. I mean, how many blue chip upperclassmen do we have? Basically McGarry and Adams and that's it. Yeah. Adams is gone. So sure. get it. I get and, it. You know, Utah, I'll say it again, probably the second best defense in the league. Very physical team. So it's a tough matchup for the line. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a mix. I think it's yeah. I think you're going to lean more toward Browning and the O line. Um, you know, I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't been entirely thrilled with Hamden, uh, but uh, I think he's. You know, there's some limitations he's working with. For as great of a defense as we have, why are we struggling getting off the field on third downs? Was issue last year and this year. Minus a scrimmage versus North Dakota. I do. I, I want to look up. I'm look. I'm looking it up right now. Why don't you answer the question? I want to look up the. Uh, well, remind me what. Read the question. Why me. are we struggling to get off the field on third downs on defense? Uh, well, some of that, like I mean, if you look at that Huntley run, you know, we had we dropped a lot of guys, left a lot of lanes open. Um, it, it could be a little bit of our defensive scheme. Wow, Utah was nine for nineteen third downs wow we were only five of 13 on third downs yeah i mean i we've we don't like giving anything over the top so we definitely leave some cushion on underneath stuff um so i think that's a little bit of how we play defense uh we do leave you know like that six to nine yard range is is vulnerable yeah, no, that I agree with that. That's we we do play defense in kind of a bend, don't break style where we're not going to give up explosive plays, but we'll concede some yards. But look, it's it's pass rushing, and that's why Nagata is so important, and and Benning also, and why I hope at some point they can get Tryon on the field, at least put him in there to see if he's if he's viable. There's nothing that's going to hurt from. Giving tryouts some opportunities. I, I do think the guy that we're gonna—he's gonna basically become a starter in the next couple weeks. I mean, he played—he played a little bit against Auburn, played a lot more this past week. So we're gonna see him out there more, and and hopefully, you know, hopefully that will give us a lot more pressure because 
that you know that that's the element that's missing in our defense and that you know if we get that then we're going to shut down every offense we play okay what's the next question man should we put samples lack of productivity more on our offensive scheme given how productive Disley is in the NFL versus what he did at UW I don't think that the tight end has just been it feels like it's an afterthought of the offense right now I mean, Sample did. I think he had five catches coming into this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking. Did he have any catches? No. No. But they, you know, against a physical team like Utah, they needed him more for blocking. And Fuller was getting open. I mean, how about Fuller? What uh, What a great player. Yeah, I, I, I've always been a fan of Fuller. I know. Kudos to you. You always have. But, I mean, we... we Called it with the receivers, and actually, Pacelli had a good game. He did. I was going to ask you about that. But he did. He did have a good game last year against Utah. So maybe it's just a Utah thing. Yeah, but he's been he's been a little he's been involved in the offense this year so far. He's definitely been part of the offense. Yeah, Chico only had one catch. Yeah, who knows how he's doing with the injury? But I would like to see. Him worked into the offense more. And yeah, I, I, we don't. Our, our one thing with a lot of the screen passes and the quick throws, our, our wide receivers are small, so they're not good blockers. You know, Ty Jones is big, but he's only a sophomore. Right. Yeah. So it's it's. Yeah, what's next? Hard for small guys to be really good blockers. Yeah. Uh, I think that is. Uh, let me uh, let me check. That might be the last one. Tell me so. Uh, that uh, that's it, brother. So we'll, right. we'll talk. We'll talk ASU in a couple of days. Any final comments? Are you are you feeling better? I know. I know you. At one point, you didn't want to pod. You were so frustrated with the game. <laughs> I, I I'm better. I just uh, maybe, maybe it was just my mood. I I don't know what it was. I I found myself. Forcing myself to watch the second half of the game. I don't know why. Uh, I guess I was just perplexed at the start. And, you know, I mean, Utah's going to make adjustments. I know that, you know, you can't just expect Washington to go up and down the field every series on offense. Um, but I, I just kind of, I love the energy of just kind of punching them in the mouth right out of the gate. And it just looked like Gaskin was running so damn hard. And then, uh, you know, then it just kind of seemed to slowly dissipate. Well, you know, maybe if maybe if they got him 35 carries, we could have got another touchdown or field goal at least. I guess, I guess in my mind was, you know, you score that quickly. And I went back and looked. I mean, they scored, what, first drive? Was that right? Did we score? Yeah. Huh? First drive, yes. So, I mean, think about that. Very early in the game, you only come away with two more touchdowns. I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, I get it. Like, was I expecting 50 to 7? No, I wasn't. But if you punch it in 21 7, uh, you know, before the half, that game's over. There's like no doubt about it. Done. Put it in the bag, it's over. Yeah, I mean, if you're if we're able to get up by three scores, I mean, I, look, 
I think we could have scored again had we needed to. But, I mean, once we got up 21-7, I'm not going to say we completely packed it in, but, you know, after the Browning interception, at that point, we realized that, you know, we'll just let the game end. You know, we don't need to risk anything. So I, th- I think a little bit of the... I mean, I think if you just take away the, the fourth quarter... You know, the last 10 minutes of the game, the numbers are pretty good against that kind of a defense. But still, Jimmy, I think you would agree, if we play, if we played, you know, at the same game later in the year, we would hope that the offense would be improved where we could get it to 28-7. Sure. And, you know, one comment I'll say is I don't think I'm worried about UCLA much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. That is... uh... That is some bad football going on down there. Is, what I mean, is there any way they could beat us? Like any? What? What? I haven't watched them. Uh, I I don't. I would. It would be surprising. It. It. Uh, you know. You got. You got a dad of the quarterback blasting chip publicly. Uh, yeah, they got some issues down there. Um. I'll I'll leave it at this, Jess. I'll wrap it up with this: that even with some deficiency and some issues, this team should should be in the Pac-12 championship, and you know, just be glad that Clay Helton isn't your head coach. Yeah, and aren't you just glad that we're not 0-12? You know, we were 0-12 10 years ago. <laughs> Don't believe me? Just ask Ted Miller. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started on bed, man. I gotta be able to have my my blood pressure low before bed. I, I don't don't get me started on Teddy okay. Boy. Oh, I know oh. Teddy Boy. I yeah, I know. But look, the the whole season is gonna come down to the Stanford game. Yep. And Jen Cohen and the A D should make sure okay. that the crowd is at that game. Okay. Much much like it much like they did two years ago. They need okay. to do, they need to do the exact same thing for that game. Let me give a shout out to to Dennis and Coker on their last pod because they absolutely obliterated the AD department, which is fair. And and the segment about the khakis not mismatching uh, in Atlanta, and then lastly, he was commenting on uh, <laughs> the enthusiasm of the team. Re- Reminded him of what he thinks an accounting meeting would look like, and the meeting with accountants. Like that's the enthusiasm. Was that the little video clip that was on Twitter? Oh, he just mentioned it on on the, on their pod. Just that the enthusiasm of this team on the field uh, makes him think of like what it's like to be in a meeting with a bunch of accountants. So not very exciting. Nice, yeah. If you didn't hear the section about the AD, like about the the, the fan experience, like like I think Coker was talking about guys that have been tailgating in the same spot for like twenty years, and you know they can no longer park there, and just the the parking Nazis down there. I mean that stuff is just unacceptable. Yeah, they, it really it, is. It's it's unacceptable, and it's it's being absolutely clueless like they said this whole thing is about the players and the fans this is about building 
lifelong viewership, lifelong support. So if you start shitting on the fans, which it you know, which has already been happening, um, it, it it will not end well, regardless of how successful your team is. I mean, we've even seen it. The student section's a joke most of the time, and uh, you know, we'll will end it with the fact that the point is you're right about Stanford. That stadium better be locked and loaded, buddy. The winner of that game is going to win the conference. Yes. And it's it's a home game. I mean I, I I'm we'll we'll see, you know, there's injuries and a lot of stuff, but that's not you know, we we need the crowd. We sh- we should not we need the crowd for all the home games this year. But oh, it, I mean, so obviously that one. There are many a Duck fan though out there, Chess, that are pretty convinced that the Ducks are going to roll the dogs this year. Well, I'm, yeah, and I'm, and I'm convinced pigs are going to fly out of my ass when we stop recording. <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts? Because now it's, it's really, it's like, you know. Bedtime? Code red. Yeah, we're, we're past past code orange. It's code red. We got to wrap this up. All right. Up. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you. Well, it, do you have anything like that you really feel like you need to get off your chest to wrap this up? No, just that uh, we'll do a we'll do a quick preview and predictions ne- uh, on Thursday. I think so. Stay tuned for the the next pod. Yeah. Yeah. Stay awake till then. Don't even fall asleep with anticipation. Be ready for that. Thursday edition. Exactly. All right. For Jimmy Cornell, I'm Chest. Thank you for tuning in, and I will talk to you again in a couple days. Cheers.